Good morning, wonderful people. Welcome to my channel. This is Rahu and Ketu study part 25. Hey, we got two more to go and then conclusive studies. How does it get better than this? Here we are talking about the beautiful Rohini Nakshatra. Rahu in Rohini Nakshatra. Rohini, the most beautiful one. The favorite of Moon's wife. The Nakshatra of Lord Krishna. Krishna, what do we say about Krishna? You can see, read up everything. Just wanted to share one quick personal note on Krishna. Once I saw in my meditative visions a pair of eyes. Okay. I cannot describe the kindness that is in those eyes. That is not of this earth. It's not of this plane. It's divine. It's out of this earth plane. And instantly it came to me as those are Krishna's eyes. They are the most kindest eyes one can ever find. You're so you're so caught up with devotion by looking at those eyes. No wonder he had so many wives, right? Women used to fall left, right and center for Krishna. He had I don't know how many thousand wives. Because it is oozing kindness. The kindness that you don't find in the physical world. Krishna. So Rohini Nakshatra is the beautiful one. First think of Rohini, you think of charm, you think of grace, you think of physical beauty. It's a Manushagana. So it is of physical beauty. Nature is physical beauty. It is creation. It is Brahma. The Lord is creative energy. <clears throat> so what does Rohini stand for? It stands for commerce and business, magnetic, sensual, infatuation, vanity, Obstinacy, especially in the second pada, Taurus going towards Taurus, we shall see that wealth, good luck, possess charm, especially in pada 3 with Gemini, art, creation, creativity, sweet talk, creation of food and business, farming and agriculture. So obviously Rahu, if we place in Rohini, it does very well. Rahu does very well in Taurus in general. In Rohini, it becomes very, very after the material wealth, after the physical charm, charming person, it's all about self-charm. It can turn to vanity on the downside. Physical looks are good, yes, but vanity, mm, not so much. So, Rohini Nakshatra signifies the physical beauty of a person. Rohini Nakshatra uh, brings in the Taurian energy of Venus, right? Ruler is Venus into the Creation of physical beauty, creation of land, farming, agriculture, gems, all these earthly things. Yeah. So Rahu does very well here in obviously in Rohini Nakshatra. And the Ketu on the other side mysteriously goes between Jeshta and Anuradha in Scorpio. This is the Taurus Scorpio axis. We are talking about both fixed signs. So although Rahu does well and is very singularly focused on the Upside in Rohini Nakshatra, Ketu on the other side from Anuradha is all about devotion of love. Imagine Krishna and Radha, we call it Radhe Krishna in India for a reason because Radha was about devotion. Anuradha Nakshatra is bang opposite Rohini in Ketu. Ketu is sitting there right now as we are discussing this. Oh my god, I was struck by this poetry of Vedic astrology when I came across this. Oh my goodness. Of course, if it is Krishna's nakshatra on that side, it is Ratha nakshatra on the opposite side. How does it get better than this? So let's see, otherwise, what it is. And if you have seen this Rahu Ketu brief description, introduction, beginning, you can skip it, go to the last part and watch the Padas. Let's get into it. So number one, 
the classical characteristics of Rahu and Ketu as described by the classical Vedic literature. Okay, what is Rahu and Ketu? These are the north and the south nodes of the moon formed by the virtual points which are the intersection points between orbit of the moon around the earth and orbit of the earth around the sun. So basically if you take two eclipses, ellipses, it will form two intersection points. Yeah. So these two intersection points are called the north node and the south node. They are virtual nodes although they behave like planets and we shall see why in a minute. So who is Rahu? The symbols are there like a horseshoe and the reverse horseshoe. right? This is typically how it is portrayed in Western astrology. So I'm using the same symbol here. Rahu is mythologically depicted as the severed head of a demon symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable hunger and appetite, be it sensual or physical, yet it is unable to hold on to or grasp it. Rahu is the one who constantly wants something. Think of it as a live head only, not the body. Okay, so it can't hold on to anything or be satisfied even if it gets that thing since it has no arms or body or stomach right? just a head which is alive this gives Rahu the title of Bhoga Karaka or meaning one who is after sensory materialistic pursuits so think any earth sign for example they want sensory materialistic pursuits or think any of the signs literally whatever they are after Rahu wants that and wants that very badly and goes after it with everything this is an energy in us by the way it is not a planet it's a virtual node but it will behave like a planet which we shall see why so it is unable to satisfy that hunger or hold on to anything even though it gets something it wants to move on to the next and then to the next and then to the next this is why Varahu is also called as the guy who wants foreign things not of the native land or not of what the person is natively born in. Why? Because of that insatiable hunger. There is always insatiable hunger to go after one thing after the another without being able to hold on to it. That's Rahu. Ketu, on the other hand, is mythologically depicted as the severed body, the remaining half of the demon, symbolizing constant, endless, insatiable search for identity. It is looking for the head, but it doesn't have a head. So it is looking for that identity. Everybody's identity, ego is centered in the head, what you look like, right? It is also seeking for true purpose, sense of self. As a result of this, it tries to hold and grab onto everything that it can find its hands on because it has got hands. Ketu has got hands. It's trying to hold on to everything, but it releases immediately because it knows that's not the head. It's like trying to grasp onto everything, thinking, oh, I want this, or I am this, I am that, I am this. Not getting any identity because it's not finding the head there. Since it has arms and walks everywhere, it goes around through life, walking from place to place, people, situations, circumstances, but not knowing who or what it is. It doesn't have a head. This is why Ketu is referred to as Mokshakaraka or the seeker's path, the one energy in us which seeks something. That's why Ketu is called the Moksha Karaka. Now, this is the classical interpretation. Okay. Now, we shall see how this plays out in the modern interpretation. Very important to connect the bridges. Now, here you have the Rahu Ketu general characteristics as modern interpretation. This I have borrowed from the book Light on Life by Robert Suvada. Excellent book. I have put it in the community tab if you want to go through it or purchase it and read it. I seriously suggest that. 
Okay, the north node of the moon, Rahu. What does it become because of the characteristics which classically is told in the texts? What does Rahu lead to in the modern context? Rahu is responsible for originality, individuality, independence, insight, ingenuity, inspiration and imagination on the positive side. Because Rahu and Ketu both love to explore foreign stuff, things out of the box, things not taught by tradition, Rahu and Ketu will be anything but traditional. Okay? Think of it as something foreign to the culture, to the way you are taught things. Looking for original stuff. If there is one singular force that is responsible for creating everything that we keep modernizing, so to speak, thinking out of the box, it is this. That's why it's important to pay attention to this. Okay, back to this. So Rahu on the downside becomes leads to confusion, escapism, neurosis, psychosis, deception, addiction, vagueness, illusion and delusion. This is the downside. Now how this plays out and why we'll have to see individually in the charts. We shall see, shall see that. Okay. Ketu. Ketu, the guy with only the body, no head there, is gives us the feeling of universality, impressionability, idealism, intuition, compassion, spirituality, self-sacrifice, subtleness on the positive side. On the downside, it can lead to eccentricity, fanaticism, explosiveness, violence, unconventionality, amorality, iconoclasm, impulsiveness and emotional tensions. This is on the downside. This is what it plays out and Rahu Ketu is typically an axis like it is shown over there, right? Rahu Ketu, let me remove myself for the time being from that axis, okay? There you are. So you see it as an axis, okay? 180 degrees apart and it can play out in any one of the opposite houses. It can play out in 1, 7, 2, 8, 3, 9, 4, 10, etc, etc. We will see that later. But this axis becomes a definition point of where in your life, in your different houses, are you looking for these two aspects? And they are always opposite to each other, as you can see. Okay, to stand opposite to each other. So if it plays out in second house, it detaches itself from the eighth house. If Rahu is in second house, it, Ketu will be in the eighth house. You see what I mean? And so you will bring the eighth house aspect with these aspects shown here. Second house with that aspect shown over there. Of course, it plays out with something called as dispositors. We shall see that next. Now, if you go to a traditional Vedic astrology, they will go on and on endlessly about dispositors. What the hell is a dispositor? It's an invented term by the Vedic astrologers. It has no meaning of its own. It shows the disposition. And what's the story on this? Rahu and Ketu both are enemies of the sun and the moon. This is the basic principle. So it has the solar aspect and the lunar aspect. The solar aspect is called the dispositor and the lunar aspect is the nakshatra which gives the entire characteristics in the ball game of Rahu and Ketu. Okay? The solar or the dispositor means since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the sun and do not have a full identity of their own. Remember it's a virtual node. It is not a planet. They both do not have any planetary characteristic individually. So they take on the identity or the disposition of the lord of the zodiac sign that they sit in and borrow the attributes of the house from which that lord sits in. Suppose Mercury is in the third house. Okay. And Rahu sits in the house of Mercury somewhere else. So it will borrow the 
attributes of Mercury sitting in that third house and bring it to that particular house, wherever Rahu is sitting in. Got it? Nakshatras. Since Rahu and Ketu are enemies with the moon and do not have a full identity of their own, individually, they take on the shade of personality. Nakshatra is essentially a shade of personality. It's coloring of a personality. It's seeing the world through different colored glasses. That they sit in and borrow the nakshatra traits and attributes which color their propensities. So Rahu and Ketu do two things at the same time. At the solar level, it goes with the dispositor, that is all of the planets, physical planets, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Sun, Moon, so on. So they take on the attributes of whichever house they are sitting. If it sits in Rahu sits in Cancer, it will you have to look for where Moon is sitting, which house, and what it is doing there, and even the Moon Nakshatra. If it is sitting in Leo, Rahu in Leo, that means it you have to look for where Sun is sitting and which Nakshatra and which house. So it will bring those attributes. That's the way you have to analyze this. Okay. Let's see some aspects of which house they play in and why. Now there are some vital aspects that you keep, need to keep in mind when evaluating Rahu and Ketu because this is important for, especially for people who are sort of looking for self-development to understand where they are coming from. If you are not interested in changing yourself, this entire channel is useless for you. But if the other one who is interested in knowing what is happening in my life, where do I need to go, what are my talents and you question these kinds of things, excuse the noise somebody is drilling about. So then you need to understand these aspects. Now that's the typical chart, Indian chart. And house numbers are depicted as 1, 2, 3, 4, up till 12. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha is there. And I have stuck Rahu Ketu as possible axis on the 1, 7. That is Aries and Libra. That is the top and the bottom. So either it can go to house number 1 or 7. Rahu Ketu can be reversed. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Or in 4 and 10. Now, 1, 4, 7 and 10 in Vedic Astrology are given very vital importance because they are the foundational aspects that define who you are, that define how you operate in life, throughout life. So, these become crucial. Why? The 1, 7 axis effects, if Rahu and Ketu fall on there, has a direct effect on yourself and other concept. 1 and 7 is self and other. How you re relate to yourself and how you relate, look at the world around you as others including the spouse, because 7th house is the house of the spouse, but also others. So how you develop through life and how you develop a relationship with others. So it defines who you are in a very broad sense. One seven axis of Rahu Ketu. The 410 on the other hand, 4th house being the house of the mother, 10th being father, 4th being home, 10th being career. You see, this has a, you know all kinds of implications which define who you are. The 410 axis has effects on the heart versus mind. Mind wants to, is the one who goes out there in the world and being used in the career, right? You dissipate your energy as the mind in the external world. Heart is your home, your home center where you feel comfortable. Home is where the heart is, that kind of a thing. So heart and home is affected by this Rahu Ketu axis. Again, Rahu and Ketu might be reversed. Rahu might be in the 4th, Ketu might be in the 10th or vice versa. Same way with 1 and 7. But these are the vital relating aspects of Rahu and Ketu. Now what about the rest of the houses? Now rest of the houses are called Trikona or Kona in Sanskrit, right? 
these are the things that come and go in your life let it be second house third house fifth house sixth eighth ninth eleventh the twelfth these are the things that come and go in our life through life through your entire life these are things that are added into subtracted from us but this is not us one four seven and ten is us everything else is secondary which revolves around you as life comes and goes all other axes depict what attachments and detachments we have towards different areas of our life that's all it is they are less significant in terms of rahu and ketu when compared to 1 7 4 and 10 axis of rahu and ketu please remember this when you evaluating you just have more propensity towards one part of life and less towards others rahu is attachment ketu is detachment rahu is expansion ketu is reduction and they stand opposite to each other all this right now let's take the cases one by one so there you have it we are starting from pada 4 of rohini which is again marked over here right it's going from artha scorpio going towards capricorn and avamsha that's where ketu is and it is pointing towards rahu ketu is pointing towards rahu which is going from taurus to cancer so essentially in avamsha we are talking about cancer capricorn axis this is all about heart and mind right the thing between heart and mind and venus as the dispositor of rahu wherever venus is placed in your chart and wherever scorpio and don't forget the nakshatras rohini is about material success jeshtha is about jealousy jeshtha is not very fond of other people having stuff it is always feeling inferior the energy of indra which feels inferior i don't have the stuff that that person has i wish i had a child as good looking as that i wish i had that kind of a four wheel drive i wish i had this i wish i had was having the good looks of that lady this is jeshtha at its best so now ketu being placed there has a life lesson which it needs to learn to stop being jealous make your own destiny and you can make it because rahu is sitting right there with pointing at taurus which wants to go out there and get stuff That's the lesson here. Now let's see the third pada. Right. So in third pada, we have Scorpio again. Dispositors always look at dispositors wherever they are in your natal. So we are talking about K two in Scorpio, which does very well because it is looking for deep emotional meanings. What are you trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? That's what K two hunts here. Okay. in scorpio and it does very well and rahu is sitting in taurus so you got to look at venus so essentially when you talk of taurus scorpio axis you are talking about the push and pull between mars in ketu right scorpio and rahu in venus taurus in this case fixed sign so there is this push and pull of rahu and ketu which want to dynamically move but they are now situated and boxed in a fixed sign on one side rahu on the other side ketu both are fixed signs so it's a tussle of fixed signs having a very fixated mentality i want this and i want this only i don't care about the rest of the world that's the fixed sign okay fixed signs have a problem or a life lesson to be a little more accommodating be a little more flexible all right it's not all about you there is the rest of the world so scorpio mars and venus tussle in fixed signs so here it goes in navamsha between gemini and sagittarius which means what we are talking about 
the access of Guru Shishya, teacher and student. So you need to see in the Navamsha the dispositor where Mercury is placed and where Sagittarius Jupiter is placed. Once again, don't forget the Nakshatra. Rahu and Ketu are enemies of Sun and Moon. So you have to see the dispositor and you have to see the Nakshatra. This is the key. I am giving you a key here. Still it is in Jeshtha. If you are still sticking around in Jeshtha, that means we are still have themes of jealousy. In this case, the jealousy becomes of being a teacher, a better teacher. Who is a better teacher? I am a better teacher. That person is a better teacher. Teacher to teacher jealousy. And then it comes to Gemini. It wants to bring it an intellect. But the feelings of inferiority complex have to go. Jeshtha has the wisdom of Indra. But it is always feeling inferior. Its life lesson is to get over that inferiority. There is nothing wrong with who you are. Stop feeling inferior. Stop comparing yourself to others. And feeling jealous about them. Rather step up and do something. Okay. And third, which we are. We are in second. When we go to second pada, we will be moving into a different energy on the Ketu side. Interesting. So now we come to the second pada of uh, Rohini, which is in Taurus, which is the Vargottama because natal Taurus and Navamsha Taurus. On the other side, Ketu is sticking in natal Scorpio and Navamsha Scorpio. And you put Rahu and Ketu in this axis, this is seriously a something very determined person, okay, through life. Because Taurus is very strong, stubborn, obstinate, want to achieve material success, I want to show this kind of a thing, da 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 da. And Rahu is sitting there wanting to amplify all of that, out of proportion. These people can become seriously successful business people, okay? Especially if Venus is deposited in good houses, right? Wherever Venus is exalted. Where is Venus exalted? Friend of Mercury and Saturn. That means either it's placed in Aquarius, Capricorn, Gemini, or Virgo. So if Venus is sitting in any one of those, it is doing, yes, I am in my own house, I can do whatever I want. That's what it does there. They can become successful businessmen because Rahu is a bhoga karaka. On the other side, they need to bring in that intensity of emotion and connect it with Rahu. Rahu is just a head. It needs the Ketu energy. Always, always, always remember this. Because we are trying to bridge the duality of Rahu and Ketu. Head without the body is nothing. Body without the head is nothing. We are trying to bridge it. So use the talents. Use your emotional intensity. Use the place where Mars is placed in your natal and Navamsha. And bring it towards that Taurus axis. That will determine the success. That will give you a balance. Not just having material stuff. But having an emotional connect to whatever you are trying to achieve then you become a good leader. A good leader who is just after materialistic stuff, nobody wants. Humans are emotional beings. Are you connecting to the masses? Are you connecting to your team leaders, as team leaders to your people? This is what matters, right? Let's look at the first pada. So in the first pada is the Aries-Libra axis. It's in Kama to Dharma. Right. This is the arrow which we are talking about. Okay. So what's the difference here? Here we are still in Anuradha Nakshatra which is about devotion. Probably the last one which we discussed Taurus, Taurus and Scorpio, Scorpio is where I think Krishna and Radha fell in love. Anuradha was as Radha was as Scorpio as possible. Probably. I'm just guessing. 
and Krishna was as torus as possible. That's why the love happened between the two. And I'm not talking about Rahu and Ketu here. I'm talking about some other planets, maybe, maybe. So anyway, we'll come back to this. Taurus and Aries, Scorpio and Libra. What are we trying to achieve here? Here we are going from Venus to Mars and Mars to Venus. So it's a kind of a flip of a personality through life. For beginning part of the life, they will be all about Rahu is more focused on the Venus, wherever it is placed, whichever house it is placed, and kind of detached from taking action. It changes, just flip to the opposite side and becomes all about action and less about emotion later on in life because it is detached from Libra. But it needs to bring in that energy and connect it to Aries in order to initiate something. Aries is an initiator, Libra is a balancer. So you need to get the balance aspect from your past life and bring it towards that Rahu energy in order to succeed. That's that for now. Next we shall discuss Kritika Nakshatra, the origin of creation, the Big Bang, the Agni, the fire. Okay? Take care. Be safe.